You're listening to the DSBC Podcast. For more information, visit us at dsbc.church. church family. Uh, This is Dawn Farmer. I'm one of the ministers here at DSBC, and uh, we are here together for another podcast. And this one's just a little bit different than some of the other ones we've done. We have been recently as a church hosting groups, um, events called At the Table, in which we discuss uh, maybe hot topics of our day or polarizing topics of our day. And uh, recently we hosted one called At the Table, Christian Nationalism and the Church. And uh, we had Pastor Caleb and Pastor Jared Doe from Desert City on our panel. And so I've got them here with me today and we're going to continue the conversation. You guys want to say a quick hello? Hi, everybody. Hey, Desert Springs. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, we're glad to have you back. Um, so, yeah, we had a we had a really good night together and uh, had some great conversation, but just wanted to open up a little bit more of that conversation and then maybe also clarify some of the things we talked about, as well as uh, kind of go back over some of those questions, because we think you know the broader church as a whole could benefit from this conversation. So, guys, first question super simple no big deal just define christian nationalism for us <laughs> go ahead caleb oh boy well uh, yeah so the the joke is of course that it's notoriously difficult to actually define because so many people are using it differently um so matthew mccullough who's a christian historian says that Christian nationalism is an understanding of American identity and significance, uh, wherein the nation is the central actor in the world historical purposes of the Christian God. So the idea is that God has a special divine plan for America that takes a center role in his purposes in the world. Uh, Thomas Kidd, another Christian historian, argues that Christian nationalism is kind of more of a feeling or a viewpoint that provides an exaggerated, transcendent meaning to American history. Uh, What makes it difficult is there are other uh, historians and um, thinkers like Miles Smith who would say that it can also include uh, a view of nationalism in predominantly Christian nations, so similar to like John Calvin, Martin Luther, the Puritan the Puritans and the colonial era. Uh, I think for the purposes of this conversation, we're primarily thinking of the modern American expression um, that's a little bit closer to McCullough's argument. That's how I take it anyways. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that phrase, Caleb, the this, this central actor um, in, in this story. Um, I, I've got a definition here too um, that, again, it's, it's difficult to define. Um, this, this kind of simplifies it. It says Christian nationalism identifies the nation with God's will and action in the world, but it conflates national and Christian identity and identifies service of the nation with service with God. Um, and the issue with that is Christian nationalism gives moral cover for actions, even unseeming ones um, taken in pursuit of national or political goals. Hmm. Yeah, so that's a, that's a a lot, <laughs> it's, and it's big. Um, first of all, what I want to say is I what I heard you say in one of the definitions, Caleb, was that this is really not a new thing. I mean, it's it's there's an American modern um, spin on it, but it sounds like this has been a thing often in the church in church history. I, I would argue that Christian nationalism or some expression of it has been in play since the era of Constantine. So. You yeah, know, roughly. It's been know, a long time. 17 centuries, I guess. 
Yeah. And so, and then what I'm, I think I'm hearing you guys say also is that um, it's almost this marrying the two ideas. And I know, I mean, I've been in classes uh, in Sunday school, different things like that, where it was like, you know, we were founded as a Christian nation, um, which kind of translated to like, God called us to um, create this nation that was based on him. And then, um, and anything we do as a nation is supposed to be the will of God. And so, or, or can reflect the will of God. Is that? Yeah. And I think, so like some important distinctions, um, you know, when we're talking about this uh, and we talk about like the difference between patriotism and nationalism and patriotism and Christian nationalism specifically. Um, you know, like I, I love our country. I, I was doing a ancestry.com on my, my family's, you know, genealogy here. And like my family's been around for 200 years since like the 1830s. Um, my daughter just recently got to go to Washington DC on a school trip and was selected to do um, this, the, the, the re-ceremony at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. And so um, like the, I, we'll, we'll make distinctions about like, what does it mean to be a good Christian citizen of our country and to support our country? Um, and, but the difference between that with being patriotic and then being um, you know, a Christian nationalist, I think those are important distinctions. Mm. Yeah, I, and I think too, it's important to even explore that question of is is America a Christian nation? Mm. Um, so, I, one of the question I would have is in in your scriptures, is there such a thing as a Christian nation? And it seems to me like the Bible divides uh, along the lines of the kingdom of God and the kingdoms of this world. That that's that's the split, and that one way to view it is if, if Jesus wanted to establish a Christian nation in the sense of a political expression of his kingdom, he would have done it, but he kept doing things like saying, my kingdom is not of this world. Not that it doesn't have anything to do with this world. Of course it does, but it doesn't operate according to this uh, world systems and powers. So I, I think first exploring that idea of is America a Christian nation, we have to think about what does it mean to be a Christian nation to begin with? If by that we mean a nation or a people group with a lot of Christians in it, that, that could be a Christian nation. And certainly America at different times would, would categorize itself as that. It's just a lot of Christians in the nation, in the, in the people group. Another option of America as a Christian nation would be one that legally enforces Christianity. So there was a, a recent, um, a recent rally where a, a leader, political leader, got up and said, we need to make Christianity the official religion of America and enforce it. Hmm. And so, you, you, you know, the government then points its spear at you and says, convert or die, or some expression of it, uh, legally enforcing Christianity. You know. Another one would just be one that funds or oversees a church structure. So in England, you've got the Anglican Church, which is state-sponsored uh, in different nations around the world at different times. The government uh, has a position that is also the head of the church. I think, if I'm not mistaken, the Queen of England is is also the head of the English church. Um, you can, guys can look that up and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's this idea of a state-run or state-funded uh, church. That could be a Christian nation. Or one that thinks or believes that its laws are based on Christian values. And so any one of biblical those biblical principles, or, right? Yeah, biblical principles, biblical values. And so I think we have to talk about what do we mean by Christian nation? 
And then we also need to ask, is that even something for us to pursue according to the teachings of scripture? Are we supposed to try to make a Christian nation? And if so, how, and why, if not good, you know, whatever. Yeah. Caleb. And then it's like the biblical principles things tricky too, because like we, we've talked about, like, what about the year of Jubilee? Like, is that a guiding biblical principle for our country? Like, what about, you know, there's, there's a lot, Acts chapter, you know, two through four. Um, and so then, then who gets to choose what principles? And I, I think we would say like, what's most life-giving, right? Um, but that can create all sorts of problems too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because people, you, you can easily debate, right, what is life-giving? You think it would be a simple, but it's not. Um yeah. So one of the questions that we actually got was, you know, uh, you know, what are you, what would you say to someone who um, believes like the American founding documents are were inspired by God, and kind of marrying those again that those ideas together that this was America was ordained by God. Yeah, I think I I love our founding documents. Um, they, what they are not, though, is that they're, they're not, we're not in biblical covenant as a country with God as Christians. Um, we, we're influenced by that for sure, but we aren't, we're not covenant people um, like the, the nation of Israel is in the Old Testament. Like that is a covenant people. And what we have when our founding documents is the creation of religious freedom and liberty. And so that's a good thing. Um, and, but I, I think it's, it's important to note that it's not like we've, like the, our founding documents are not part of the canon of scripture. We aren't a covenant people um, with God. Um, and, and what we do have though, is that creation of re- religious liberty, um, which allows for us, I, I think, to have a great, you know, missional influence in this country. And, um, but, but that, that freedom is just for us as Christians. And so um, I, I would say, like, if those, you think those founding documents are divinely inspired, um, it, it's, it's different. Like, those are not part of the canon of scripture, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that, that just speaks to something in my mind. When we use the language of Christian nation, Jared, you're talking about um, having a pluralistic society where we figure out ways to live together across the spectrum of beliefs and ideologies. So I just want to push on this a little bit. Even if we were to say that America was a Christian nation, my next question would be, well, what kind, like which version are we going to be like an Eastern Orthodox Christian nation? Are we going to be Armenian Orthodox? Are we going to be Methodist? What, which version of Christian are we going to be? I mean, we could, if we wanted to stay in the Protestant lane, we could all become an Anabaptist Christian nation and do away with all of our military spending. Hmm. So when we say Christian nation, there's an assumption there that we usually mean my version of Christianity or my understanding of the faith. And that should not go unexplored um, because, you know, again, just, and I, and I love our Mennonite brothers and sisters, but you know, personally, I just have a lot of different ideas about how the Bible applies to modern society than some of my Mennonite uh, brothers and sisters. And so even, even if we were to say, yeah, it's a Christian nation, we still have to push on, well, which, which flavor, how it gets applied. And so it's just, it's something that we take for granted in this conversation that I think we shouldn't. Yeah. Well, and easily, like if you read Facebook, you can see that even those conversations would create war and create division and, you know, polarization. In the history of our nation, we 
sometimes segregated in the colonies prior to the founding of the United States of America in the colonial era, we segregated based on Christian differences. I can believe it. So the pluralism in America is not only for quote unquote different religions, it's also for different expressions of Christianity. I mean, is it valuable for all of that, right? In my opinion, in my opinion. Well, and I think it's also important to say um, in that same vein where we're saying as a, as a nation, we're doing the will of God. Well, one person could say, of course, that is biblical. The other person could say, no, that's not how I read that text or that's not what I'm seeing. Like you said, the Anabaptists who would get rid of all of our military. Yeah. Um, there are, it's hard to quantify that. And so I appreciate you bringing that out. Um, I want to, I can talk a little bit about how um, perpetuating this idea of Christian nationalism actually harms our uh, missional credibility. Yeah. Well, I think there's a no- number of ways it harms. Um, I, I, one of the things that I think is so much of Christian national, we, we put our hope into a, this idea and it really becomes, I think, idolatry. Like that's the issue is when all of our hope and all of our despair are wrapped up in this, um, we we're, we're like placing our worship in the wrong spot. And I know for me, like certain idols in my life, um, make me like, go, like I, I stop being a rational thinker. And one example of this, it's kind of a silly example, but I think it's true. And I think it's true of other idols in my life is like the Phoenix Suns. Um, for Caleb, it's probably the Dallas Cowboys, right? <laughs> but I, I am a fanatic of the Phoenix, like the Phoenix Suns. Um, and I know they're an idol because of how much of they consume my emotions and how much value like worth I get when they win and then when they lose when the when the Phoenix Suns lose it's never because they're the worst team like when they lose it's always like the ref's fault right and so um I've realized like as as an an idol um I have to defend them and I become like this um musketeer that has to defend the honor of the Phoenix Suns so I get into it with people on social media I go crazy and I I start to believe all sorts of things that like if the Suns are losing in the playoffs, like they're in the playoffs right now, it's because the NBA is there's a conspiracy against them and like the (laughs) reps are against them. And and so like what what happens with idols, like I stop being a rational thinker, I have to defend them and they pull out the worst assumptions in me. And Mm -hmm. so like idolatry is a tricky thing. and And I think that's one of the, the downfalls of Christian nationalism, it's, it's misplaced hope. And it's also misplaced despair. Um, we put all of our hope and all of our despair and things having to go a certain way. And then when we don't, um, we just create all sorts of terrible assumptions about our neighbor. Um, and that's not the way of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So idolatry is one huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds I, like what you're saying is, is just like, as we get, as we, again, we believe that our nation is ordained by God and that it's doing the will of God um, or that we as Christians need to force our nation to adhere to these quote unquote biblical principles. Um, It can kind of move into this idolatry space where 
you lose some rational thinking sometimes and, or even maybe that love of neighbor, neighbor, right? Where um, you want to defend, you want to defend your beliefs, you want to defend what this country is supposed to be. And, and that can cause harm to the, the country who maybe doesn't know Jesus yet, doesn't understand, you know, why you're attacking them with these, again, good quote unquote biblical principles. Yeah. And I, I think we, what happens is we lose ourselves as Christians when we fall into that defending idols um, you know, the way of, the way of Jesus is, is different than the way of this world. Um, and, and sometimes when we're, we're trying to pursue, um, certain nationalistic goals, um, we, we create justifications for things that are immoral to, to achieve those goals. And with the way of Jesus that, that never, those ends never justify the means. Um, Caleb mm-hmm. brought this uh, passage up earlier. It was John 18. He was alluding to. Jesus is standing on trial and in front of Pilate and Pilate asks him, you know, are you the king of the Jews? And he says in John 18, 36, my kingdom is not of this world. Um, But then the next line is fascinating to me. He says, if it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. Um, But now my kingdom is from another place. And like that line is just is is super interesting to me if it were my servants would fight to prevent but he says like they're they're that that's how the world reacts and the way of jesus um is just it's it's a different way and and so we can actually um really be playing by the the rules of how the world plays and cloak it with a religious facade or a religious robe, but it's, it's really the way of Jesus is an upside down kingdom. Um, there's a contrast of, of how we act, the contrast of where we put our trust, um, a, a contrast to how we respond and how the world responds. And so, um, oftentimes when we're, you know, we're making idols out of this, this idea of Christian nationalism, we start to play by the ways of the world, not by the ways of Jesus. Mm. Yeah. And I think that right there, Jared, that, mars the witness of the church right when the when the church marries itself to government uh there's no fruit there's rarely if ever fruit of the spirit Uh, there's rarely uh, increased love and compassion Um, and you just see that throughout church history so you know john 13 says that the world will know that you are my jesus is talking to his disciples he said the world will know that you're my disciples by how you love and in Matthew 5, 16, like the Sermon on the Mount, anyone who is giving this conversation um, deep thought around how the gospel informs how we think about uh, behaving as citizens, uh, I think the Sermon on the Mount's a touchstone. And Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount to let your light shine so that people will see your good deeds. Uh, he, he's not talking about your, your role in government. You can't actually force that from the government. Government can't make you do good deeds. And so the witness of the church, just a, a, a couple of thoughts about the witness of the church. When, the, when, when, a, when a nation frames itself as a Christian nation and does things that are not in line with Jesus, it misrepresents the church. So one instance that comes to mind is that in Japan, uh, there was a, a time when they would refer to the uh, two atomic bombs that were dropped in Hiroshima and Nagasaki as the Christian bombs. So again, just to just to say it kind of crassly, if America is a Christian nation and America drops nuclear bombs, is dropping nuclear bombs a Christian thing to do? Then that because we've confused 
Christianity with a nation. Um, another classic example would be uh, Germany in the 1930s and 40s, uh, had a state church, the Lutheran church. They, they were a Christian nation. A lot of actually really excellent uh, theological scholarship was coming out of Germany at the same time that Hitler was rising to power. Yeah. It was a, I mean, you would, in fact, a lot of American seminary students had to learn German to read some of the best theology back then. And that's going on at the same time as the rise of the Nazi regime. And so you've got uh, theologians and pastors like Dietrich Bonhoeffer who saw this and rebelled against it, but m- the majority of his peers uh, were given the Hitler salute and 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 co-signing what Hitler was doing in the name of God. So the danger is not only the marring of the witness, but great violence can be done in the name of God. And you can convince a lot of people that it's justified when you're quote unquote doing God's will. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, in just a small way, I was thinking about Jared when you were talking too about um, Jesus being arrested and Peter cutting off the ear of the soldier, and and Jesus like put your sword away. This is this is not what we're doing. And you both alluded to this of um, just understanding the differences between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world. And something we hear we talk often here at DSBC is about being um, ambassadors of the kingdom of God uh, in this world. And so talk a little bit about. Uh, you said this earlier, Jared, uh, just it's upside down. Jesus, Jesus kingdom of God is upside down from what we understand um, or how we operate within the kingdom of this world. And so compare or contrast a couple of those ideas to help us understand better what our role is as ambassadors. I think that we, we need to see people um, made in the image of God. And if they're made in the image of God, uh, they're, and we, and we know this, that they're loved so much that Christ would die for them. And so what that does is, um, we have, we have certain identities. That's like, we can't, we can't say that that's not like ethnicities and tribes and languages and the countries that we live in. Those are all real, those are all realities. Um, but as kingdom people, we recognize those and then, but we see the image of God in people um, and, and what that does is it transcends all of those differences. Mm-hmm. And so we, we see things through this lens of the kingdom of God. Um, and, and that puts us into all sorts of different tensions. Um, but we, we view people as Jesus views them. And that's hard to do because we can get so tribal. Um, and and that, that's how the world works is it's, it's very tribal. Um, we spend a lot of times um, trying to defend and preserve those tribes and the kingdom, uh, acknowledges that those tribes are there, redeems the parts about them that need to be redeemed, but then transcends them, um, with this view of humanity that we see people in the image of God. Mm. That makes me, that's a great distinction because in every country you have people who are considered less than that are, are, you know, on the margins are not as valuable, um, based on, you know, either their economic status, their, their background, their ethnicity, those kind of things. But in the kingdom of God, um, all people, all people are equal in that we uh, carry and his image. And so I think that's a great distinction. Thank you. What else? I think that there's a, a space in where we need to think deeply as Jesus followers as to what that means to my relationship to the state and, and, and to the 
people that I'm a part of. And I, I want to say too, uh, and Jared, you're, you're hitting on this thing. Uh, when we use the word nation, I think as modern Americans, we usually think about a nation state. So the United States of America is a government, but more than that, it's a people. It's a, the Bible, actually, the majority of the time when you see the word nation in your New Testament, it's the Greek word ethnos, which is where we get the word ethnicity. And it's a people group, not it's when the Bible by and large uses the language of nation, they're not thinking nation state, they're thinking ethnos, people group. And so I have a responsibility to love my neighbor as myself. And that extends to my ethnos, my nation, my people. Uh, and what we sometimes refer to as patriotism could could be referred to as uh, love of one's ethnos. My, and not, and again, I want to be clear here, loving my ethnos, loving my people is not the same as thinking my people are superior or supreme. It's not ethnocentrism, thinking my ways, I always. C.S. Lewis had this great, this great thought where he said, you know, I love my family uh, more intensely than I love your family. And I have a, a certain responsibility to my family, but, but I don't think my family is better than your family. I just love it in a unique way. And in the same way that that family love can extend out to the love for one's nation, one's ethnos, uh, where there's a familiarity with it. There's a celebration of it, even I think a preservation of it, but not a supremacy and not a tearing of the other down. Hmm. And I think that's really, for me, it's been helpful to think in terms of I think Christian nationalism is a form of supremacy, whereas patriotism, or at least a Jesus-centered patriotism, is an expression of neighbor love, extending that out to my ethnos. And, and all throughout your New Testament, you have the church being a, uh, a, a space in where all the ethnos of the world come together, not with any sort of like erasure where their ethnic differences are torn asunder or done away with, and everyone just becomes the same. Rather, those uh, national differences and expressions are actually, in my reading of Revelation, they're paraded in front of the throne of God uh, as a means of glorifying God. So I think doing things like, you know, Fourth of July, I participate in that, and I have a certain love for that, different than uh, maybe those who celebrate, you know, differently according to their ethnos. Now, that doesn't mean I think people who celebrate 4th of July are superior to others. Um, but rather I do honor it and I, I keep that tradition and I keep that, that expression of it. And I think that that can be an act of love, similar to honoring those who are national servants like veterans day, Memorial day, uh, armed services day, um, serving in one's government. I think those are all expressions of love. We might call them patriotism. And that's where we need to do a lot more work thinking in this cultural moment around the difference between viewing things as supreme or superior and an act of love, an act of deference to the other. And I think, Caleb, that's where it comes back to that idea of idolatry, because like we, we should be good citizens and we should, we should love and honor and serve and do all of those things well, especially as followers of Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, it, the difference is when that becomes the idol, when that becomes the main thing. Um, and so I, I think that's what you're, what you're saying as, as well. Like when we see ourselves as superior, when we see ourselves as entitled, all of that, um, like we're, we're called to be, um, I think salt and light in everything that we do. And that includes, you know, honoring, honoring our country, honoring our leaders, um, taking, I, I think taking pride, not in a, a sinful way, but like, I, I, I do love this country and there's so many amazing blessings 
uh, living here and I've gotten to travel all over the world and I love all other, like a bunch of different places, but I'm an American. <laughs> so I just, I love it here. And uh, I think that's important to be able to say, how do we redeem and honor and serve without making it the main thing or the idol that we put all of our hope or despair into? Yeah, and I think, good. Well, actually, I'm going to I'm going to cut us off. We're out of time, but I just wanted to say I think that's helpful, too, to realize um, that it doesn't have to be a black and white conversation. You There's a, there's a meeting in the middle. There's a balance of you can love your country, but also not see it as a superior country. Um, and so, like I said, we're we're out of time. I I'm going to stop us here, but we're actually going to come back and continue this conversation. So join us as we continue to talk about the differences between the kingdom of this of God and the kingdom of this world. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about like, is it okay to say I'm proud to be an American, and and maybe what does it mean to um, when we are going to vote uh, to bring in our our Christian values or beliefs into that space. So we will return. Bye, everybody. Bye.